0: today we're going to be covering a pretty cool topic it's gonna be probably a shorter episode i think but i just wanted to go ahead and hop on here you you don't even know you don't even know half of it because i've literally been struggling with my program i use adobe audition to record my podcast episodes i have been struggling for the past i want to say maybe half an hour trying to get this thing to work i've been stressing out because i'm like i need to record and edit this uh, episode and it's going up in let's see 12 two hours oh my gosh it's going up in two hours and i have to record this episode so You know, that's on me for procrastinating. But, anyways, let's just hop right into it. Today's topic is going to be practical ways to spend more time with God. I feel like a lot of us struggle with this. You know, we're always like, how can we spend more time with Him? How can we spend more time with Him? Like, what can we do? What can we do? Really, it's it's super simple. Like it's it's not as complicated as we make it out to be. And I feel like we overcomplicated ourselves because we think there's just some like secret magic recipe that we have to follow in order to be able to spend more time with him. And it's like, that's just not the case. Like he's literally there all the time. All we have to do is just be there, you know? But obviously there are practical ways that we can improve and we can, you know, spend more time with him. So the first one, improving prayer time. So in order to pray better, we must first understand what prayer is and what prayer does. So prayer is, in, in essence, spending time talking to God. In the same way you talk to a friend or a family member, talking to God helps strengthen the relationship. Prayer isn't just when you need something or to say grace over dinner. It's a way of living in a form of praise. Whether you're having a bad day or the best day of your life, prayers, pray, praying shouldn't be limited by your circumstances. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 calls us to pray without ceasing. I mentioned this in a previous episode, which if you haven't listened to it yet, go check it out. It's identity and how to find your identity in God. It was a super good episode. One of my longer episodes, but definitely worth the listen. Well, obviously, there are things that we're going to have to attend to and manage and take care of in this life that are much different than people living in Jesus' time. Like, I can assure you, they probably did not have a pet fish or a pet dog. Well, who knows? Maybe they did have a pet dog. But they didn't have, like, cars that break down. They didn't have a full-time job to go to, you know. it It was a lot different back then. And I just think that we have to have more grace on ourselves, you know, and understand that, obviously, we're not going to be you don't have to feel bad and hang up on yourself and be like you know what you're not spending enough time like you're not doing this you're not doing that obviously our lives look a lot more different but that doesn't mean that we still can't put in that effort so like i said Just because our lives look a little different than people did in Jesus' time is not an excuse to neglect spending time with God. Some things I like to do when I'm having a busy day are wake up earlier to spend time with God, sacrifice some time before I go to bed to spend time with God. So instead of watching, like, you know, an episode or staying up watching 30 minutes extra of TikTok, you know, I like to really just take that time to spend with God. those quiet moments at work when i'm silently working and i'm in my own thoughts i like to turn that time to god to like talk to god so sometimes you know i'll be at work i'm doing dishes or something or i'm working by myself and obviously i'm like in my head trying to pass the time so i'm like you know what let me be proactive and let me spend some time with god instead of just sitting here you know wasting time like i'm always complaining i don't have time i don't have time i don't have time And in those quiet moments, you know, in the in-between times, it's like I do have time. I'm sitting right there doing nothing pretty much. Just working, you know, on autopilot and I have that mental space and capacity to be able to talk to Him. So I think that's really important. You know, like, find those quiet moments in your life and your day and try to use those to spend more time with God. You know, just... Be intentional. A friend told me, when you really care about something or someone, you make time for them. And it's true. You can be extremely busy but still make time for the people that you love. So why can't we do the same for Jesus? He's not asking you to stop keeping up with your responsibilities. He's simply just asking you to be intentional with him. Improving your prayer life isn't going to be easy. You don't just go to the gym on day one and go to the heaviest weights that you can find. Of course not. You increase little by little. And just like with the weights you increase time spent with God little by little. You develop a routine unique to fit you and your lifestyle and little by little, you start to incorporate God into your quiet times until you find yourself always in the middle of a conversation with him. It's not gonna come easy. It's definitely gonna take time, practice and dedication. Some days you're gonna skip a morning session or two. It doesn't mean that you're back to square one, but it doesn't mean, it also doesn't mean that you can just be it an excuse to be lazy when it comes to God. Like I said, if you can stay up an extra hour to watch Netflix, you can flip that and wake up an hour early instead to give God the first of your day. I think it's really not as difficult as we make it seem, spending time with God. I know prayer can be difficult. I myself find it very hard to balance prayer because it's either I spend a lot of time in my Bible and I'm really good at keeping up with my devotionals and stuff and I lack time in prayer or I keep up with my prayer really, really well. And I lack time in my devotions. And obviously, it's not going to be like that forever. We just have to find a middle ground. But sometimes it can be hard to balance that. So I just encourage you today, you know, like, just do your best. Just do your best. That's all God is asking you to do is just do what you can and he'll provide the rest. We don't have to be perfect and we don't have to do everything by ourselves. If you ask him to strengthen you and to help you find time to pray and to help you read your Bible, he's gonna do that. I promise you he'll do that. So before I jump into some tips on how to read your Bible more, I wanna talk about first how to start. I don't want to neglect that for some of you, you may have never read a Bible or even owned a Bible. I don't want any of you to feel excluded, so I'm going to give some examples on how to start if you don't know already. First off, if you don't own a Bible already and you're somewhat of a beginner, I super duper duper encourage you to get a study Bible. A study Bible. Study Bibles are great for any level of experience, whether you're a beginner and you're just starting your walk with God, or you're a pastor and you've been walking with God for 30 plus years. They go further into what the verses mean, and sometimes they even include extra pages to apply the text you're reading to real life. In my experience of owning study Bibles, I've always noticed that they go further into depth and they put it in terms that kind of help you understand and put it in ways that you can like I said apply it to real life because I remember I was reading a study bible once and I didn't understand what the verse was saying I was like okay I don't get this so I went to the bottom of it well it depends on what study bible you have but in my case my study bible had the definitions and the explanations at the bottom so I went to the bottom and I read the explanation and I reread the verse and I was like wow like that makes a lot of sense I can see where they get that from you know because sometimes like for example you'll be sitting at church and they're going over a passage or a book that you already read and you're like yeah I already read this and then they just explain it in a way that you're like oh my gosh like how did I never see that before it's the same way with the study bible sometimes you're going to read it and then you reread it and you're like look I've already read this and I still don't understand it then you go to the bottom of it and explains it to you it puts it in a perspective that you're kind of like looking at it in a different light. That's why I'm going to say, you know, study Bibles are the way to go. Um, I'm not going to lie. Like I said, sometimes I'll be reading the scripture and I have no idea what it's talking about. And even I have to look it up so it makes sense. If I could go back to when I first started, I promise you I would probably get another study Bible because the one I was using at the time when I first started reading the Bible was my mom's. And I ended up getting my own, but it, it wasn't a study Bible that I got. So 10 out of 10 recommend study Bibles. If you don't have one already, I might look into getting one. Maybe, you know, further along the road, we can do some sort of study Bible episodes where I give you guys a downloadable PDF or something like that where you can follow along. Who knows? I'm just I'm just spitballing on air. Anyways, before we get into how to read it, Let me leave you with some tips so that you feel extra prepared once you start. So for starters, pray before you read. I've noticed a huge difference when I do this because if you just go in like cold turkey per se when you're reading the Bible, you're kind of just going in and you're reading it and you're not really reading it to understand. You know, you're not giving that time to God. It's almost as if you're trying to check off a a box on your checklist and you're like okay I need to do this and then I can watch an episode or if I do this in in this amount of time then you know I can do whatever it is that I want to do but that's not the case it's like if you really truly are intentional and you pray and you just kind of allow God to open your eyes and to open your mind and your heart to receive his word you're going to hear something especially if you're going through a rough season in your life and you're really trying to find encouragement and strength in his word i promise you that praying before you read is going to make a huge difference and you're going to see a huge improvement in reading your bible next choose the version that you feel most comfortable with so for me i use the niv version i don't like the king james version i'm so sorry to any of you who understand what the king james version is saying props to you because I cannot read through the ye and the cometh and the goeth and the thereeth and the whyeth and all the eths in the King James Version. It is just so old-timey and complicated for me. I like the more refreshed new version that kind of puts it in simpler terms, terms that I can understand because if I'm trying to read through that, I guarantee you I'm not going to understand a lick of what it's saying. But that's not the case for everybody. Some people might prefer that because they feel it's closer to what the traditional Bible looked like, what the original looked like before all the translations came along. Some people might prefer the easier, the more translated versions that are simpler to read and put it in a context to which we can understand right now. It's up to you. It's up to your preference. As a beginner, I wouldn't recommend the King James Version because I just feel like it's very complicated and it's kind of hard to read. But if that's a challenge that you're looking for, go right ahead the next The next tip I wanted to go with was read with others. So obviously, I'm not telling you every single time you read your Bible, you have to read with somebody else because that takes away from the intent, the intimacy and the quiet time of spending time with God alone. And it's not mandatory, but sometimes reading a devotional with others, you guys are doing the same devotional at the same time or reading through the same chapters or even going to a Bible study. It just helps you kind of brainstorm what's going on in that verse because or that chapter because, say, somebody else sees it from a different perspective that you see it, it's it might help you, you know? What if you share your perspective on it and it helps somebody else? Kind of just brainstorming and bouncing that ball off of each other of thoughts and ideas of what the, the chapter could mean and just allowing God to fill that space between you guys. It's a really nice way to not only encourage yourself, but encourage others to spend more time in his word and just kind of have motivation and accountability. Because I know sometimes like if you're reading by yourself, like you're like, okay, I'll just skip today. But if you're reading with somebody else and then either one of you can be like, hey, you know, we got to do this. We got to read and hold the other accountable. (laughs) Set realistic goals. What I mean by setting realistic goals is like, don't expect yourself to be a good Bible reader right off the bat. Like you're not going to be writing 10 pages of notes and reading for three hours at a time, like barely being in your walk, maybe like a day or two, you know, like that's not how it works. So I just encourage you set realistic goals. It can be one chapter. It can be two chapters, or maybe you want to be ambitious and push for three chapters. I myself being in this walk for now going on two years, I do two chapters per time that I read, but I read the Bible more than once throughout the day. So, you know, you can do the math. It kind of balances out. Again, set realistic goals. Don't expect yourself to reach higher levels than what you're at right now. So if you see somebody else reading the Bible for like an hour or two hours, don't expect yourself to have to reach that right away. It's a growth. You know, you grow. You take steps and and you move forward. You don't just go from point A to point Z overnight. You go from point A, then you go to point B, then you go to point C, you know, that's how it works. And the last but most important tip, don't stop. Don't stop reading. Obviously, there are going to be times where you're going to skip a Bible reading or two, a devotional or two, but don't allow that to make you stop completely. The devil is going to try to attack you with negative thoughts from those times that you mess up because he's going to be like well you know you messed up once you might as well just not read anymore or you messed up once like you can't be forgiven like that's no no don't listen to that don't allow that to eat away at your mind just there's this saying that my one of one of my favorite pastors says his name is craig rochelle he says if you skip a get if you skip a day don't skip two And it's really good because it's like sometimes you're going to skip a day. Sometimes you're going to be really busy. Sometimes you're going to have a day where you're just super tired and you had a lot going on. And you just really don't have the energy to read a Bible. And that's fine. You're human. It's going to happen. I'm not going to say it's not going to happen because it's going to happen. It's happened to everybody probably more than once in their lifetime. I can guarantee that. It's happened to me more than once in these past two years. It's going to happen to you. But don't skip two. Just because you skip one doesn't mean you have to skip the next as well. Because then you're throwing yourself out of this routine. And you're no longer going to have a routine. And it's going to throw you out of balance. And it's just going to be a long spiral down. And I've done it more than I can count. So just trust me. Don't skip two. You skip one day. Don't skip two. That's it. So while there is no right or wrong way to read the Bible. There are some ways it can... There are some ways to make it feel a lot easier. For example, you can read it cover to cover, which is reading it from Genesis to Revelation. Or you can read it by category of the book. So some good books are Gospels, some books are like Law, some books are, um, shoot, I don't know all the categories of the books, but I know there are certain categories within which there are multiple books. So anyways, ignore me. Um, I have done both, both reading it chronological and reading it by the categories. By preference, I would recommend reading the first 15 books, and I'm going to name them right now in order. First, and then the remaining books can be left to your preference. These 15 books I'm going to mention will give you a good foundation of what the Bible is and who Jesus is so that you're better equipped to read the rest of the Bible without wanting to give up or not understanding. So, just pay attention to these first 15 books. I'll link it in the show or not link it. I'll write it in the show notes so that you know if you didn't catch them all you can go ahead and check in there it's kind of like a description but for the podcast episode so starting off from one genesis two exodus three joshua four first samuel five second samuel six first kings seven second kings eight ezra nine Nehemiah, ten habakkuk 11 proverbs 12 luke 13 acts 14 ephesians and 15 revelations Those are the 15 books. Um, After that, since there are 66 books in the Bible, that is just barely hitting the tip of the iceberg, but it's just a way to give you a better foundation, like I said. The rest of the books, you can go ahead and read them in whatever order you want after that, or you can look up your own order, depending on your preference. That is just something that I would recommend for beginners, especially if you've never read the Bible or if you don't know where to start and you just want a refresher on how to start. Those 15 books, 10 out of 10, would recommend. So reading your Bible more, this is our last point. It may feel like there's some secret I'm hiding to spend more time with God and that it can't be this easy. Oh, but it can be, my friend. God isn't a God of secrets and mystery. He puts it all out there and easy to follow steps so that we can be saved. It's up to us as believers to follow these steps and seek him daily. You might be thinking to yourself, well, isn't going to church on Sundays enough? No, it's not. You can't have a relationship with somebody you only know through someone else. Let me repeat that again. You cannot have a relationship with somebody you only know through someone else. That's like saying, yeah, so my friend's so-and-so, and and someone's like, oh, what, how much, uh, how much do you know about them? And you're like, well, I don't know much about them except for what my friend tells me because they're friends with them too. It's like, what? That doesn't make sense. That's insane. Like, can you imagine talking to somebody and they're like, yeah, so my friend Elizabeth, she's friends with my friend Corey. And then they're like, okay, so uh, where does Elizabeth do for a living? What does Elizabeth do for a living? And then you're like, let me ask Corey. Like, what? That doesn't, does that make sense? I don't think so. And if that makes sense, I think you should rethink what your friendships look like. So how can you expect to do the same with God? You can't. But there's no need to fear. I'm here to encourage you and share some ways that have helped me personally read my Bible more too. Start small. You can't expect yourself to want to sit down and spend time in his word for an hour if you only have a five minute attention span. And I'm not attacking you. I'm coming for myself here too. If you push yourself too hard in the beginning, you're going to get discouraged very early. Whether small, quote unquote, is reading one chapter a day or two chapters a day, it's called a start for a reason. Don't allow yourself to feel discouraged for what you're able to do now. God doesn't want us to show up clean and perfect. He just wants us to show up, period get verse of the day notifications if you have the bible app you know they do a verse of the day every day so turn on their notifications or if you don't like having notifications on your phone and you prefer to have email they also do the email version so you can have it sent to your email instead so that you get a daily reminder of his word and encouragement to read it for yourself lastly i talked about this a lot get a devotional now, a devotional isn't a supplement to reading the actual Bible. It just helps break down the verses into more, into more easy to swallow chunks. I encourage you to get a devotional that is specifically targeting something that you're struggling with right now. It helps when you know that it's relevant to your life and not just some random devotional you picked up when you were trying to become become more motivated. So for example, I'm reading this 90-day devotional. It's specifically for women. I actually didn't pick this up. It was given to me by the leader of my growth track class. And honestly, it touches on everything. It's super good. I'll find it on Amazon and link it for those of you who want to read it. It's a really good read, 90 days, it's like two pages a day that you read it. it takes maybe like 10-15 minutes and then there's a little section where you write your notes and you kind of just really apply it and it makes you think. More like a critical thinking section. So I'll link, I don't know the name of it right now off the top of my head, but I will link it in the show notes so that if you're interested in it, you can go ahead and buy it. I'll try to find the guy version of it just in case any of you guys out there want to have a devotional for yourself that is not specifically targeted towards women. Anyways, the last point, I know I said the last point was for the last one, but I promise this is the last point, I swear. Routine, routine, routine. I cannot stress this enough. Make a routine for yourself. Humans, as you know, are creatures of habit. You don't just wake up one day and master a schedule. You implement it, you practice it, and then eventually you inhabit it. It's the same with reading your Bible. For example, I used to go from reading one chapter a day, exactly, just one for the entire day, 24 hours, one chapter a day, to now two 30-minute sessions in which I read about two chapters, but I do go into depth with my notes and journal taking and, you know, all of that good stuff, and then my separate devotional that I do, um, 30-minute sessions spent in His Word and His Presence. I don't want to say how long it took me because it's kind of embarrassing that it took me this long. But the point is that there is significant growth there. Now, I skip these sessions more often than I like to admit. There are days where I just can't wake up in the morning and I decide I'd rather have 30 minutes of extra sleep before work. And there are some nights that I just stay up late doing homework and I get too tired to do it. You know, I'd let the things around me mess up my schedule, but that doesn't mean that I don't pick up the next day and start again. And that doesn't mean that I'm giving up either. When I mess up, like I said, I get up and I try again. And you should too. No matter what your work week looks like, set a consistent routine for yourself that you know you can stick to and accommodate yourself around. Routine equals results. That is the end of my tips and my practical ways to spend more time with God. Like I said, it was going to be a short and sweet episode, but just a sneak peek there may or may not be a guest speaker next week just depending on how you know life goes I really have nothing to talk about no updates no business nothing like that so as for now this is the end of my episode uh stay tuned for next week bye